Hello and welcome back to Coco Sleep, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Firstly, Coco and I would like to give a big welcome wave to our new members of Coco Club, including you, Ishi and Millie. We're so glad you love our stories and hope you enjoy this one too. We're not flying anywhere tonight or going down into the ocean or even visiting Coco in his cabin in Sleepy Forest. Nope. Tonight, we're going somewhere we've never been before. We're going deep, deep, deep underground. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. One day, a special visitor takes a wrong turn when tunnelling under Sleepy Forest and ends up in the garden of our two new friends, Ravi and Priya. The children's back garden stretches towards the edge of Sleepy Forest, and they see the molehill appear one afternoon through the window, so they go out to say hi. Shall we find out what happens next? Okay, close your eyes and relax. As I begin supper time with Walter the Mole by Susanna McLaughlin. Ravi and Priya were two lovely children who lived in a little cottage, right on the edge of Sleepy Forest. It was a beautiful cottage, made of higgledy-piggledy white stone bricks, with a thatched roof and a shiny red front door. The very best thing about their cosy home, however, was the garden that stretched out behind it. The garden was an enchanted meadow of wild flowers, reaching back towards the forest. Daisies grew in the grass, which the children would weave into daisy chains, and white fluffy dandelions grew in the flower bed, which the children would wish upon, blowing the tufts away into the wind. A huge conquer tree rose proudly overhead, covered in spiky pods, and right at the end of the garden babbled a little brook, separating the garden from Sleepy Forest. Sometimes, creatures who were wandering around the forest would hop over the stepping stones of the brook, emerging into the garden to say hello. This led the children on many magical adventures. One time, Priya and Ravi met bunnies called Bobby and Bertie. The curious rabbits helped Priya find her glasses, which had fallen off into the rose bushes, while she cartwheeled across the garden. Another time, an albatross flew overhead like a feathery plane, waving its big wing at the children. Little chickadees peered down over its sides, calling hello and how do you do? Priya and Ravi had many encounters with magical creatures, many of whom their school friends didn't believe were real. But Priya and Ravi knew they were knew how lucky they were to be able to meet them. 
Once, a little furry creature emerged from the ground who had lost his way tunnelling through Sleepy Forest. Now, that was a very special encounter indeed. That was the day that Priya and Ravi went for supper with the moles. It was a Sunday afternoon, and Priya and Ravi had just finished playing card games with Mum and Dad. They were sitting around the table, laughing at Dad's elephant impression, whilst Mum shook her head and hid her smile. She wanted to tell him it was too noisy, but she couldn't hide her smile for long, and soon all of them were laughing together. Suddenly, Dad stopped making noises and pointed out of the window with his arm he had been pretending was an elephant trunk. He gasped. Mole Hill, he shouted. Mum gasped too. Priya and Ravi weren't sure what all the fuss was about, but they played along and gasped in fake surprise. A little hill had emerged right in the middle of the garden. It was a little heap of brown soil, piled up neatly, as if somebody was collecting sand to build a castle. Ravi frowned. Where did that come from? he asked Mum. It's a mole hill, she told him. It meant a mole was tunnelling under the garden. Mum and Dad were a little bit cross with the mole. They were very proud of their green, fluffy lawn, and they didn't want it to be covered with holes and heaps of soil. Mum looked a little hopeful, though, too. She said she had met a mole once before, in Sleepy Forest. She said she was a very interesting little mole, wearing a little woolen jumper. Her name was Beatrice. The two had chatted away excitedly about knitting patterns, and giggled the whole afternoon away. The moles of Sleepy Forest were very jolly, kind little creatures, and Mum said she wouldn't mind having Beatrice in the garden to chat to while she weeded the flower beds. Before long, the children pulled on their boots and went to play in the garden. Mum watched from the patio as they tap-danced, cartwheeled, and jumped singing and shouting and having a lot of fun. They were laughing so loud that they nearly didn't notice Walter when he wriggled his head through the soil and sat upon the top of the molehill watching them. After a few more minutes of silliness, Walter coughed politely and the two children went still. They turned in surprise. Neither of them had met a mole before. Walter was brown and looked rather like a little beanbag with a round body and short arms and legs. His paws were big though and shaped like shovels, perfect for digging through the ground. Walter was covered in short brown fur and he had a long pointed nose on his face. His eyes were little and shiny, magnified through the thick, round spectacles that he wore, which he now peered through curiously. Hello, said Ravi. Are you the mole living in our garden? 
Walter looked puzzled. No, he said. He said, I am a mole, but I don't live in your garden. I live in Sleepy Forest. It looks like I may have dug a little too far. Sorry about this hill I made in your grass. Ravi and Priya sat down around his hill and told him not to worry. Walter explained that he had been out digging, stretching his paws, and he must have taken a wrong turn somewhere. He had never left Sleepy Forest before. He wriggled his nose and looked around the garden. His gaze turned towards their house. What is that? he asked. That's our house, Priya told Walter. Walter looked confused. Above the ground? he asked. He rarely came above the ground, and he had never seen a house like that, made from stone and glass. Priya and Ravi laughed. They said all people live above ground, although some of them do have a basement. They said that to them, a burrow was an unusual place to live. Neither of them had ever seen a tunnel house made from soil and sticks. Walter smiled widely and said that in that case, they simply must come and visit. The children thought that was a very kind offer. They looked at Mum. Mum said she wouldn't mind at all if they went out with the mole for a little while. She knew the children would love to see the mole's burrow, and he was a very friendly animal. But how could they? They couldn't fit through that tiny hole into his mole-sized tunnel. Walter smiled wisely at Mum and the children. He informed them that the magic of Sleepy Forest could help with that. It was easy. Walter told the children to close their eyes. He told them to wiggle their toes and wiggle their fingers and to take three deep breaths. Next, he told them to think of little things, ladybirds, mice, raspberries and marbles, anything little. Ravi and Priya closed their eyes and thought of as many little things as they could. Chocolate buttons, conkers, a penny. As they thought, their bodies began to tingle. All done, Walter said. Priya and Ravi opened their eyes. There they were on the grass, looking up at the mole hill. Now it was the size of a real hill, and Walter peered down at them from its top. Priya and Ravi scrambled to the top of the hill and beamed at him. They were mole-sized too and ready for an adventure. Ravi and Priya turned back to the patio where Mum was watching, smiling fondly. 
She waved at them and told them to have fun and to say hello to Beatrice for her. Walter called goodbye and turned, diving down into the tunnel. He got stuck in the hole for a second, with his round bottom and little feet sticking up into the air, before wiggling down into the tunnel, leaving a little hole behind him. Ravi and Priya entered the tunnel too. It was lovely and warm, and it glowed with golden light. Here and there along the wall hung little lanterns, illuminating the passage. Walter turned over his shoulder and gleefully told the children to follow him. The tunnel opened up until it was big enough for them to walk in a row, and they chatted away as they strolled. Walter lived with his family in a big network of tunnels and burrows. He had five brothers and four sisters, and he was the youngest of them all except for baby Alice. He lived with his mum and dad, and grandpa and grandma's burrow was just a short tunnel away. After a while, the tunnel began to get even homelier, and Walter informed them that they were nearly at the burrow. Here, in these corridors, paintings hung on the wall of wise-looking aristocrat moles and adventurer moles with maps in their hand. There were paintings of moles playing in underground play parks and eating ice cream on boats, floating on underground rivers. There were family photographs on the walls too, and Walter explained who was who on the way. He pointed at one and said there was his father in his work uniform with a little head torch and a shovel, building the biggest underground tunnels in the world. He pointed at another and said there was his biggest brother, clutching a certificate from Mole University. And he gestured to another one proudly and said there was his little baby sister on her first birthday, smiling at the camera with her little paws outstretched. There were cosy carpets on the floor of the tunnel in bright floral patterns, lit up by the bright golden lanterns which were swinging from the roof. Sometimes the tunnels would intersect with others, or they would split in two. At one of these crossroads, a little vole was scurrying towards them with a basket full of jars in her hand. She was skipping and humming sweetly as she journeyed. She called hello to Walter, and Walter replied with a cheery greeting. The vole introduced herself as Lucy to the children, who were very happy to meet her. She had a long nose like Walter, but was much smaller with pretty brown eyes, dainty paws, and delicate little ears on the top of her head. She wore a summery dress, which Priya complimented, as it was very pretty. 
Lucy had been above ground today, collecting honey. She lifted her basket to show them. Golden liquid glowed in the jars, looking so delicious that the children's mouths began to water. She handed them each a jar, beaming. She gave an additional jar to water and told him to share it with his family and to tell the moles that she said hello. Water and the children thanked her kindly. Walter invited her along with them, but Lucy politely declined. She said she would be very busy that afternoon making honey cake and delivering it to the animals in the burrows. They said goodbye to Lucy, and the trio continued along the tunnel. Very soon, their way was blocked by a big round wooden door, the length and height of the tunnel. It was painted a gleaming green with a golden knocker on it. A little plaque above the letterbox read Beatrice, Ronald, Penelope, Walter, Edward and Alice Mole. Walter explained that these were the names of everybody who lived there His older brothers and sisters lived in burrows nearby, with their own names painted on their doors. It made it very easy to find the right address in the complicated network of tunnels and burrows that ran underneath Sleepy Forest. Walter invited the children to knock on the door. Ravi was feeling a little shy, so Priya stepped forwards and banged three times with the gold knocker. Almost immediately, the door flew open, and an exceptionally plump and cuddly mole bustled out and swept Priya up in her arms. Hello, Walter, she said, and began chattering on about her afternoon, turning towards the burrow with Priya in her arms. Mum! Walter called. I'm over here. Beatrice put Priya down and adjusted her glasses. They were very thick, like Walter's. Oh, silly me, Beatrice said, chuckling. Priya and Ravi were giggling too. Beatrice was very cuddly, and Priya didn't mind one bit about her confusion. Beatrice wore a pinafore covered in dry paint splatters in all colours of the rainbow, over a striped dress. Beatrice explained that moles couldn't see all that well since they lived in tunnels in low golden lighting. Priya said hello to Beatrice and passed on her mum's warm wishes. Ravi was looking at Beatrice's pinafore. He asked her if she was the artist who had covered the tunnel walls with paintings, and she beamed proudly. She said she was, and Ravi and Priya complimented her art. It was truly very colourful and unique. Beatrice welcomed the children inside 
and the two children and two moles entered the burrow. It was lovely. The light was somehow even more golden in here. And the lanterns were made of beautiful stained glass of all different colours. The burrow was made of wide, round, interconnected rooms, all furnished with squishy sofas and armchairs, with knitted pillows and blankets everywhere. The children immediately identified where the blankets had come from, as in the first room was Grandma Mole, who was knitting away, her knitting needles tapping rhythmically against her little claws. She had a jaunty hat on her head, and her glasses were pink and covered with rhinestones. At the piano, filling the burrow with lively music, was Grandpa Mole, who was wearing a patterned waistcoat and a shirt with billowing white sleeves which flounced as he played. His glasses were in the shape of tiny half-moons. He waved to the children from the piano and kept playing much to their delight. Grandma Mole stopped her knitting and joined them on their tour of the burrow. The kitchen was warm and toasty, with a big wooden table stretching down the middle of the room. There were 14 chairs around it, one for each member of the family. Ronald, Walter's father, came into the kitchen, clutching two more chairs which he slid under the table. He had heard the commotion and knew they would need to create some space for their two guests, who surely would be joining them for supper. The children beamed. How kind of him. Ronald had a little beard and big square wire-framed glasses. He was very friendly and he held Beatrice's hand as they continued the tour. They passed the bathroom where a big foamy bathtub was being prepared by Penelope, ready for baby Alice, who was standing at the edge of the bathtub splashing with her little paws. Alice was the only mole who wasn't wearing glasses yet, so you could see the sparkling of her teeny shiny eyes peeking out from soft fluffy fur over a big toothy smile. The moles showed the children comfy bedrooms and a library filled with hundreds and hundreds of books. Then, Walter showed them to his bedroom. The adults said they would see them in one hour for tea time, so they had plenty of time to play. Walter shared his bedroom with Edward, and they each had a bunk bed carved into the wall. The beds were blanketed with soft sheets and cosy woollen throws. Walter showed them his teddy bear, although it wasn't in the shape of a bear. It was a little felted mole with a tail made from wool 
and two little buttons for eyes. Edward was a friendly mole, just like Walter. They looked very similar, as if they were twins, but Edward was actually one year older. They were very similar in age to Priya and Ravi, and they all had such fun playing together. Walter and Edward showed Ravi and Priya how fast they could dig, quickly creating a new tunnel ahead of them, using their big front paws as shovels. Ravi and Priya had to run to keep up. The tunnel emerged into the front room, and Grandma jumped as they burst out of the wall. She laughed before putting a pretend stern look on her face and telling them to fill the tunnel in before Beatrice noticed. The four of them walked back down the tunnel, and Walter filled the gap behind them, patting down the soil until they were back in the bedroom, and no trace of the tunnel remained. Ravi and Priya helped, using Edward's toy shovel, but they were no match for Walter's paws. Before long, it was time for supper. The children were brought into the kitchen with its long table to see that almost every space was full, with moles of all ages and sizes, all with big beaming smiles. They had so much fun meeting each member of the family. Priya was sat next to Penelope, and Penelope made her laugh so hard that she almost spat out her lemonade. Beatrice and Ronald, with the help of the older children, began loading the table with dishes. Soon its surface was laden with delicious food. They started with crusty bread, smeared with the sweet honey that was given to them by Lucy the Vole. Then they ate hot tomato soup, delicious cheese sandwiches, salads of all colours, and plates of steaming spaghetti. Just as the children were patting their stomachs and saying they couldn't eat another bite, there was a knock at the door. Beatrice went to answer it and re-emerged with Lucy the Vole. In her hands, she clutched a giant honey cake, dusted with sugar. The children licked their lips. Everybody thanked Lucy, and they all tucked into the delicious cake, washing it down with hot tea. It was tremendous fun, but with such full tummies and having had such a wonderful adventure, Ravi and Priya were sleepy. Ravi was actually nodding off in his seat and beginning to snore. Beatrice smiled at him fondly and patted his head. She said she would welcome the children to stay but their parents would soon be wondering where they were. It was time for Ravi and Priya to go home. 
Walter began pulling on his boots to take the children home, when Lucy stopped him. He had been yawning too, and it was about time for him to go to sleep. Moles need even more sleep than human children, after all. Lucy the Vole said that she would like to accompany the children on their way home. She was very familiar with their garden, after all. She spent a lot of time there, as it was the perfect place to collect honey, thanks to the beautiful flowers there, which attracted hundreds of bumblebees. The children said goodbye to each and every mole. Finally, they hugged Walter and asked him to visit their garden again soon. They said they didn't mind his mole hills if it meant they could see him whenever they liked. Walter agreed happily. Beatrice saw the children to the door and handed Ravi a special package. It was a little jumper, knitted in all of the colours of the rainbow. She told Ravi to look after it, because when they grew full size, it would grow with them until it was big enough to fit their mum. She said she had been meaning to deliver it herself and would pop around soon to say hello in person. Then the children left, strolling back through the tunnel with Lucy the Vole, feeling very pleased to have made so many new friends. Before long, they emerged into the late evening sunshine of the garden. Mum waved to them from the kitchen window. The sun was hanging low in the sky and glowing extra golden. They looked around. The garden looked beautiful from this height. Priya marvelled at it, looking at the grass rising over her head. Lucy smiled knowingly and said that she wondered if the children might want to do some exploring. They had seen through the eyes of a mole and now maybe it was time to see how the voles lived too. She said it was a special opportunity as it wasn't often that they would find themselves not much bigger than a mouse. The children agreed enthusiastically. Lucy told them they had to shrink down just a little more. The children were ready. They knew the magic now and didn't hesitate to close their eyes and think of the tiniest things possible. They thought of grains of sand, blades of grass, and particles of glitter. In expert timing, they both shrunk down to the size of tiny mice, ready to explore once more. Lucy skipped ahead of them, showing them around the hidden world within their garden. First, she took them to smell the daisies, which smelt exceptionally sweet to their little noses. Then, 
Lucy showed them how the dandelions could act as perfect umbrellas with their thick petals and tall stems. Next, she showed them how to scurry through the long grass, hidden from sight, and how to climb over tree roots, too. It was such fun, climbing over the knotted wood and swinging from twigs like monkeys. Lucy said she could show the children where she snoozed on sunny days and led them to the flower bed where beautiful gleaming tulips towered overhead. She shimmied up a wide stalk and encouraged the children to pick a flower and do the same. Ravi chose a red tulip and Priya chose a yellow one. Then Lucy showed them how to jump into the flower on top, disappearing amongst her tulip's petals. The children followed suit. Priya gasped. It was like landing in a yellow cocoon with a golden sunlight warming the petals around her. She was perfectly cradled amongst silky soft petals, looking up at the deep blue sky. Ravi was equally comfortable, and his eyelids began to drift closed as he nestled into his flower, closing the petals against the sun's rays. Just as Ravi began to drift off, he felt his flower wiggle. Popping his head out of its petals, he saw Lucy shaking the stalk of the flower he sat in like a coconut tree. Ravi slid down the stem of the flower and they both woke Priya in the same way. They laughed. It would be so easy to drift off in a flower cocoon. But they had to go tell Mum and Dad about their adventures. It was time to grow back child size again. They asked Lucy how to do so and she flung her hands in the air and instructed them to think of big things. Tall trees, lampposts, chimneys, double-decker buses, and comfy king-sized beds. The children closed their eyes and concentrated on the tallest things they could think of feeling themselves growing bigger by the second, finding themselves child-sized again. Ravi and Priya beamed down at tiny Lucy and waved goodbye. They said they hoped to see her soon, and she waggled her little paw in reply. They would make sure to check the tulips on the next sunny afternoon to see 
if there were any sleepy voles relaxing inside. Tired and content, the two children returned to their cottage. They couldn't wait to tell their parents about their adventures within the burrows of Sleepy Forest and about all of the creatures they met. But for now, a cup of warm milk and a nap would do quite nicely. Before long, they were in their beds, dreaming happily of little garden creatures and tall, towering flowers and cosy little burrows hidden far underground.